Welcome to the Push Performance Podcast. We're doing it. Welcome to the podcast today. We got Sean Doolittle, World Series champion. That's right. <laughs> That's right. My full name. Get closer what is, to my what's, what's your middle name? Uh, World Series champ. <laughs> Isn't it Robert? It is Robert. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sweet. So, yeah, today, uh, Sean, thanks for joining us, first of all. Thanks for having me. Do I yeah. need this mic? <laughs> He's gonna just set it right here. CJ, how did you know Sean's little mix? That's weird. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not gonna give away the secrets because Sean's MIA on certain platforms. So he, he just has all my payment information. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all of it. So yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Thanks for coming on, Sean. We get we get to have you on the podcast today, yeah. right, Simon? To so yeah. get to versus have to. You're welcome for being here. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Well, so no, this is cool. I think the podcast. I've listened to a couple of them. I think it, I think it's cool. You guys started this up, so it's cool to be here. Yeah, we have a good time doing it. We've had some high quality guests, and I'm, I suck at the intros. But other than that, it's fun. You know, it's like really uncomfortable. <laughs> I, dude, I'm terrible at it. I need, we need a sponsorship. And just well, say Webby's sponsored by Coors Light. Yeah. Um. What's your uh, What's your soccer team, Sean? Leeds United. This podcast episode is brought to you by Leeds United. Which it's, actually, it's actually not. Actually, if you want to send us a check, Leeds United, I'm <laughs> down for sure. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so uh, Sean came out here last offseason. Yep, that's right. Um, sure did. And got after it and ended up playing some pretty good baseball and throwing some baseball cards last year, so that was cool. Yeah, Sean, talk about – Last year when you met us, like how, where were you at, like in your career? You know, first of all, who are you? I guess other than a world other, other than a World Series champion, we have two of you guys now. Smiley's next on the podcast. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, who am I? Um, I am a left-handed relief pitcher, and I grew up in New Jersey. I went to the University of Virginia. I was drafted by the A's all the way back in 2007. I made my debut with Oakland in 2012. Um, played for the A's for uh, parts of six seasons. I got traded to Washington in 2017, won the World Series in 19 with the Nationals, uh, signed with Cincinnati last year as a free agent, and uh, finished the year in Seattle. Uh, it was my 10th season in the big leagues. Congrats on tenure. Thank you. Well, I'm, I'll hit, hopefully, I'll hit the uh, 10 year service mark. Uh, in early June of next year. So um, that's something that I've been working towards. And that's a kind of a goal that, that I had set uh, for myself. Um, you know, less than, I think it's like 8% of big leaguers reach that mark. Really? So, yeah. So I think that would be, that would be a really, really meaningful milestone to check off. Um, but I ended up here last year because uh I felt like my career was at a crossroads. Um, I did not, I had a heavy workload in 19. Um, yeah, I pitched, uh, I think I ended up pitching in 60, 63 games in the regular season uh, and then 10 more in the, in the playoffs. And, um, you know, then the 2020 season, you know, we went into shutdown. We went into quarantine, and I, I just didn't come out of the quarantine in a very good spot. Um, I was I was training at home and and you know throwing into a net, and um, I think you know that combined with the heavy workload in, in 2019, I, I I just didn't bounce back the way I wanted to. My velo dropped. I knew my body wasn't moving very well mechanically. Um, and I knew I was, I was starting to get older. I, I, I turned 34 at the end of the 2020 season. And, you know, I, 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 I still felt I had the drive and the passion to play. I wanted to keep playing, but I knew I was going to have to change the way that I worked out and, um, you know, go back to the drawing board and, and learn some new things. And uh, I, I ultimately reached out to my agent to see if he had any recommendations. And um, he had a kid. Uh, that was at a JUCO here in central Arizona, um, who was training here. Um, he's, he was his advisor at the time. And, and, uh, uh, he, the kid Christian had nothing but, you know, great things to say about his experience here. Um, so, um, 
you know that's how he ended up putting me in touch with you dj and we we jumped on a phone call I, simon was on the call and um you know it was really exciting and and um i think last off season i learned a lot of new things um we started a plyo program we changed the way that i trained we emphasized movement patterns um you know, because I, I had fallen into some pretty bad habits and we had a lot of things to clean up. And, um, you know, and in that process, um, training in that new way, um, the way that, that we, you know, you guys do it here, um, it, it kind of re-energized my passion for baseball. And, and um, I felt like I had, um, you know, a, an awesome opportunity to continue my career and, um, you know, I, I couldn't have ended up in a, in a better spot with a better group. Appreciate that. Nice, nicest thing anybody's ever said about us. That was, that was a very eloquent. Who uh, are you, Sean? There. Yes. Um, eloquent. No, I think um, one of the things that uh, really stood out to me about your time with us last year is, like, um, to have a guy, a veteran guy come in, you know, um, to a pro group um, and just immediately be such an integral part of the culture there um, is something you've earned a reputation for yourself, like in the big leagues too, of just being like, being a leader out of the bullpen. And you were like, you were definitely that here. Webby talked about it on his podcast, right? Which which was just like um, the group we had here. uh, And you were a huge part of that, like being just like really working together and, 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 um, having good relationships and bringing bringing the energy over here, but I I just thought that was like it's it's one thing to put together a program on our end, right? Like I I very much believe in the way we train pitchers, um, and I know DJ and the strength coaches do a great job. But like ultimately, it comes down to work the athletes put in. Sean was a great example um, for the rest of those guys. There. I think. I firmly believe that the uh, culture is set by the athletes, right? We can, we can, you know, turn up the music or we can give you what you need. But like at the end of the day, it's the culture is set by the athlete, in my opinion, you know, and you guys are always talking pitching here. You know, you guys are always talking about movement qualities and how to attack hitters and right. Yeah. And I, I think like that's another benefit, like, because the, the mechanical, part of, of pitching the, the delivery it's um, you know that's only a, that's a small part of pitching like there's still other things that have to be integrated into you know the pitching development side of things and the, you know the sequencing of different pitches and um, you know you, you talk about ways to attack hitters like you just said and some of the thought processes and um, you know managing a game managing the tempo of an inning and and stuff like that and um you know one one of the reasons i felt so lucky to end up here was the just the culture that you know you guys have created i think it i I think it starts at the top i think you guys have created an environment you know where you you give guys direction for sure but you also give guys the space to experiment with different things you know talk to each other um there it can be a really kind of slippery slope right when you get into a a a facility like this where there is so much raw talent where um you know you come in and you can kind of start comparing yourself to other guys like you see what other guys are doing and you know we're recording this in the middle of november and there are guys that are throwing off the mound that are throwing low to mid 90s already and they're spinning breaking balls and um, you know, like there, there might, there's a temptation to be like, shoot, like I'm nowhere near that yet. Like, you know, I was thrown off the mound today and I was like touching 80. I wasn't letting it rip, but like, I don't have that in the tank right now. And like, you guys do a good job of like allowing guys to, you know, kind of progress at their own rate and have their own programs within the, you know, underneath the umbrella of, you know, push and like still having the same philosophies. And, and so like when I'm the, you know, the, the point that I'm at right now, 
I might be like a week or two behind another guy that's, you know, he's letting it rip off the mound right now. And so like, I can talk to that guy about like where he was at and like what he's, what, what he's feeling and like how he kind of unlocked like the next steps of, of his off season program and some of the stuff that, that, that helped him. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm still a strong believer that like, you're never done learning in this game. And like, just because like some of these guys, um are 10 years younger than me or they might not have like a ton of big league time that doesn't mean i can't learn things from them um i can share stuff based on my experiences but once you create like a culture where you do have that free-flowing ongoing conversation like there might be something that you know a, a a minor league guy in here unlocked for himself like a week ago and it might help me. He might, he might say something in a way that I've never heard before. Um, use a terminology that clicks in my brain, uh, you know, and, and, you know, it, it, that might be the thing that, that helps me, you know, take another step forward in my off season routine or my program. So um, I wouldn't be where I, where I am in my career without the help of, you know, older veteran guys that really took me under their wing early in their career um, that, that, there was like a really supportive culture when I got um, called up to Oakland in 2012. Who was probably the biggest influence you, on you? Um, there was there was a few. Um, right off the bat, the biggest influence was Brian Fuentes. Um, he's a lefty reliever, and um, uh, he had over 200 saves in the big leagues. Um, he pitched for the Angels and the Rockies mostly in his career. And, um, finished up with the A's. He ended up with the Cardinals in 2012, but he was only there for like a month. Um, but um, uh, after I got called up, he's obviously a super established guy that had, had an amazing career. And, and he he took me under his wing initially and, and helped me a ton just in those first few weeks. And then I also had, um, you know, Grant Balfour, um, who had slid into the closer role on that team. Um, he was awesome. He was a great resource for me. And Jerry Blevins, who was my throwing partner, um, the loogie goat, you know, one of the last, you know, lefty one out guy really. Um, but like have, being able to have another lefty on the staff after Fuentes um, left and went to St. Louis, um, Jerry helped me a ton and, you know, they help me, they, they help you off the field as well. Like you have to learn, you have to learn like what it means to be a, a, a big leaguer. There's a responsibility that comes with playing in the best baseball league in the world. And, and, you know, there's a way that you have to carry yourself and go about your business every day and, and, and treat people that are around the game and stuff like that. So, um, you know, if I can give guys here, if I can give guys here some insight uh, to some of those things um, as well, like, I'm more than willing to do that. I want to you know, push this game forward. I want their experience in this game to be as good as mine was, if not better. Um, you know, so um, like I said, like it, it, it's been awesome to be a part of this environment. And I, I really think it's helped me, um, you know, get better um, as a player. And, and um, you know, that perspective has really helped. Yeah, for sure. I think, I mean, all those answers right there is kind of, we're, doing that pitcher breakfast, right? That was a yeah. great idea that we collectively came up with this, this week. And we came up to it because I I was standing next to you and I watched Sean go grab a baseball and walk over to Kevin Gosman and be like, hey man, let's talk about your shit. <laughs> Literally on that. Uh, and, we're, and we were like, what, you and I just like looked at each other and made eye contact. He did. We knew. And we're like, we knew. There's something happening here, right? But I, I like... Um, one of the things I notice um, a ton uh, with, especially with our pro group, is um, the sort of structure of the day in here has been a lot of what facilitates those conversations. Sean's, Sean's a big talking shop during his A block guy. Uh, <laughs> it and, takes you and Webby an hour to get going. Yeah, for sure, which is actually perfect is because. By the time by the time they're ready to throw, everybody else is off the pile. Yeah. It, it's electric. But yeah. um, like, can you talk a little bit about Sean? How, um, especially coming in, knowing you needed to dial in some movement pattern stuff. Mm -hmm. um, how 
how sort of the flow of the day going through your movement prep stuff that DJ writes for you straight onto the pile man and then straight into your list. Can you talk about how that um, maybe like influences the way you think about preparation at this point in your career? Yeah, um, I've always been, um, I think like in my career, I've had a ton of injuries. So I've always been like a relatively high maintenance guy. Um, I mean that kind of tongue in cheek, but like there, I've had multiple knee surgeries. Um, in 15, I, I, I tore my rotator cuff. In 16, I strained my labrum. Like I've had, there've been injuries in my career where I now have like, a, I, I, I needed to have like a daily maintenance program that, you know, every day during the season that I have to do, you know, before I go out to, to play catch uh, in the afternoon before the game or, um, you know, a lot of times like in the bullpen again before, you know, maybe in the early innings of the game so that my body was in a good place. So like that, you know, and I learned a lot, you know, when I got my A block last year about, um, you know, different movements that I was deficient in. You know, I was doing stuff, but maybe not addressing some of the issues that, you know, I, I really needed to address in order to unlock some things um, and help with some of the, you know, nagging injuries that I've had over the last couple of years. Um, you know, so like going through my A block last year was, shoot, I think it was like 10 or 11 yeah, it was movements. Long. Like it, it was long because there was a lot of stuff we needed to clean up. That was the number one thing that, we needed to attack though. That we found in the assessment was yeah. like, you know, like, you know, my hips weren't moving great. Like my T-spine mobility was not good. Um, and, you know, there were some of those things that when we started to connect the dots, it was like, oh, like you're not getting good hip shoulder separation because like you, you're not able to do this movement. Um, and, and so like once I, that like the first month last year, like my A block, we had like the 10 or 11 movements. And then I'm a guy that does the B block movements before I start throwing. Um, I'm a little older. I got to get the machine moving a little bit before we get up there. So, um, you know, then when, you know, by the time I, I do my A block and my B block, um, you know, I go through my bands, I go through my cuff weights, um, you know, by the time I'm ready to start my plyos, like we've checked all the boxes. Like I know my body's in a good spot and I can start to trust it when, when I'm trying to learn these new movement patterns, especially on days when we're doing mound blends. And, um, it, you know, last year was my first time ever doing weighted balls. So like that was another new thing that I was learning about kind of on the fly. And, um, but like, uh, going through the different, the different, you know, drills of the different plyo drills when we're doing the mound blends, like I could tell that, you know, like you know, hip, like internal rotation, like was really bad. Like it's still something I need to stay on top of, but like it was bad in that my hips and shoulders weren't separating. So when we, the drills that we implemented and we tried a lot, like we, we tried, like we kind of ran through the gamut for the first couple of weeks. And then we settled on like a program of like, I think it was like three or four different, different movements with the plyos that really addressed like stuff that I needed to work on. Um, you know, and a lot of it was that, that back leg hip hinge and, you know, hip shoulder stuff, shoulder horizontal abduction, being able to get that separation, um, while still being connected to the mound and, and, um, you know, using the front leg in a way that, you know, grabs the ground and, you know, allows me to get over my front side without, you know, collapsing it. So like, it was really cool the way that we were able to take the assessment that we did in the middle of October and go through, set up an A block and, a, and, you know, and a B block. And then also the plows, like everything was connected. Like it's a, it was a super holistic approach that we identified the deficiencies. We got uh, the A block had the movements that I needed to do to start opening stuff up and start moving better. And then the plyos took it a step further and made it like really pitching specific and, and baseball specific so that, you know, I could start using those new movement patterns off a of mound um, while doing the plyo. So I'm getting my arm in shape, but using the heavy ball and I'm, I'm training my body to start working better 
um, you know, through throughout by combining those two processes together. I think also you got to realize too, like the weight room implementation of it played a big role too, right? Where yeah. We were, we were mimicking stuff in the weight room, in your exercises to increase your IR, right? Or right. Whatever, you know, giving you rear foot elevated split squat ISO position where you had to feel that and you hated right. me for weeks on end. Well, I just didn't, you know, the Zurchers. <laughs> the Zurchers. They were very humbling. They were. And <laughs> you know what? You haven't done them yet this year. I know they're, I know they're coming. <laughs> but, you know. I will say, like, one of the things we did right when Sean got to us on my end was we watched some old open video. I was like, all right, what does it look like when yeah. you throw the doors? Yeah. And I would, I would give him shit because the thing that I noticed was that he was fat. Yeah. Uh, we talked about it as fat Sean through noise, right? And, like, that's not – a super sustainable way to play 10 years in the big leagues, but like, but no, you attacked but, the weight room. You got strong but, as shit last year, dude. You look good now. This is the only nice thing I'm gonna say, <laughs> but uh, but like for real, like yeah. that, that was one of the things too. Is like there, there's a strength base there 100% that, yeah, um, that is like it, it's noticeable when you walk in the room. Like we were talking earlier, Sean, like we're challenging you right, challenging you right off the bat because you're in a way different spot this offseason, right? Well, yeah, right. last year we had to do. And last year was a little different. Um, in in my defense, I was coming off an oblique injury that ended yep. my season early. Um, so like by the time I got out here, like I had just been cleared for like resuming yeah, activities. activities. And but we did. I was, I was. My body was not moving great. Um, and so we did have to spend last year. I think it was a four week phase yep. of basically just movement stuff like there was some weight involved like yeah. we did use some weights and, and kettlebells and the what's that strap and stuff like that but like this year like the first phase that i did was like a three-week like we were we were already like in a strength move, moving weight around yeah. and and then like we're in the second phase now we just finished the first week of the second phase and we did deadlifts on wednesday and i was legitimately shocked at how much weight I could do. We just kept on going up. I look over there and I was like, holy like shit. It, it, took, <laughs> it, took me, it took me like the last week of my um, deadlift last year. And I think we, I think that was a three-week phase. Yeah. And it, it took me, you know, three weeks to build up to what I started with this year. So I think, you know, we laid an awesome foundation last year. And, you know, my performance in, in, in 2021 was, was a little inconsistent. Um, but I think, you know, if you zoom out, I think I, more times than not, it was good, uh, but like it was still inconsistent because I was still, you know, taking everything that I learned and trying to put it, was it, all, in, it was all new, put it into practice, yeah. but my body held up really, really yeah. well. So like that foundation that we laid last off season allowed me to stay healthy enough to work through those inconsistencies and have productive days, um, throwing every day when I was at the field. Like I was able to like get something out of my throwing program every day um, and not just go through the motions and get my arm moving, but like do my plyos and think about like what I needed to continue to address, you know, based on my last couple outings, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, obviously the weight training during the season is different, but I'm, you know, carrying that through a full season. I took two weeks off after the season and, you know, I'm, really happy with how my body feels here in in the middle of november so um you know credit credit to me really for working hard absolutely but actually that's 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 the thing is that like 100 no but like i've always worked hard and like i've prided myself on my work ethic but like you get to a point in your career where like just your natural like drive and your natural like uh, willingness to like push yourself is only going to take you so far because like there's no way like I was going to be able to discern like that my internal rotation of my hips was garbage and it was uh, negatively affecting me on the mound like it like I I wish I had I wish I had learned that kind of stuff sooner I wish I had gotten here sooner and gotten that kind of direction so that I could channel like that work ethic into you know dialing in movement patterns and and you know, strength, uh, strength training in a way that like really specifically addresses like my needs. Well, now you know your body better than 
obviously yeah. better than anyone, right. obviously. But you feel that on the mound now, it's like, or on the fly mound, it's like, hey, that didn't feel right. Like, I know what my cue is now versus mm-hmm. like, what the fuck's going on? It, it happened today. It happened it, today. I was, I was I was walking past and he did he did a rep on the pile mound and he immediately turned around and like there was apology in his eyes. He was like he was like I'm sorry for wasting your time and mine. Like that was not a good rep. And like when, throw I, don't, I don't think we said any words. The next one was just better. Yeah. Right? And that's that's I mean credit to you again. Stop it. <laughs> you tried not to give me a compliment earlier. Yeah, that's good. your last one. <laughs> DJ's Tesla looks sick, podcast listeners. He got it wrapped in all black. It's fucking awesome. Thanks, That's man. the last, last time. No more nice things. It's the only show thing I got for myself. He's still short though. Yeah, can't wear can't wear a tall and taper. We uh, ooh, that's our sponsor. Ooh, sponsored by tall and taper. Sponsored by tall and taper. By tall and taper. Yeah. Check them out on that's Instagram. That's you'll ever own, but only if you're over six feet. Sorry, DJ. No, it's like six three, six two. They fit me great. I'm six two. Six two. I think it's six two. But yeah, for real, give them a reach out to them on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're phenomenal. So, um, but what were you gonna say? Are there anything to say something? Um, you know, going going now, Sean. Like, what's kind of your goals this off season? Now that we're moving way better, um, you know how your body's moving, right? For us now, it's just like we're getting after it, right? So, what's your goal with Simon and and myself this off season for yourself? Like, what are, what's what's our biggest achievement? You think? Your B load's there, like you got you increased your B load, right? You got your spin. Yeah. I mean, a lot of things a lot of things came together for me late in the season last year. And you know, like the numbers the numbers don't look super sexy, but like I could tell by like mid August through the rest of the season, like I started throwing the ball like I used to throw the ball. Like um the I was I had I think I just had like all that work that we did just like finally clicked. Um, and it, it had been there at times in the first few months of the season, it was just like really inconsistent. Um, but it was, it showed up enough that I knew we were on the right track and like, you know, by like end of July to like mid August, like I really started to unlock that stuff. And then like, it was, I finished the season, I think, in a really strong way that I was really excited about. So, like, my whole thing has been, like, kind of just carrying that momentum through the offseason. And, and um, you know, I I started working on a split-finger fastball last year. I, I changed the breaking ball multiple times. Last year I was trying to learn a cutter and accidentally ended up learning a very usable slider. So, like, um, I want to continue – the development of those things. I want, um, you know, really like, I think one of the emphasis of this off season, at least movement wise is that front leg and, and being able to use it in a way where I can maintain my posture through the finish of the delivery. And, you know, that's one of the things that I've learned that helps me ride the ball across the top of the zone. If that front leg gets a little soft, um, uh, and I don't use the ground, um, uh, that's when I start yanking my fastball into the lower half of the zone. And that's what I was doing at times last year when I would get in trouble. Like, it's one thing to th- be able to throw 94 with 20 inches of vert, but if you're not taking care of it and throwing it in the right spots, it does not matter. Like, it's the big leagues, and they're going to – maybe they foul it off once, but they're not going to miss it two, three times in the at-bat. Um, and I, I, that was something that, that I was able to – make an adjustment on and finally dial in uh, over the last month and a half or so of the season. So um, do you think uh, last year was also, you know, credit to you guys, but was the first year that I did not spend any time on the injured list since 2013. So I think the, like the foundation that we had and the maintenance program that we had during the season, like, um, you know, it, it, it really, like I said, it, it helped keep me in a spot where, I was able to, and I was lucky enough to be in Cincinnati with uh, Derek Johnson and Eric Jagers um, for the first, what, five months of the season. And, you know, working with them every day, I was really lucky to be able to do that. They kind of speak the same language as, as you guys do here. And, you know, so I was really able to continue working on the things that we had laid the groundwork on last off season. And, um, 
you know, performance wise, like I said, I was super inconsistent. I, I wasn't, I wish I had performed better, but it might've been naive for me to think like I was going to spend like three or four months, like throwing heavy balls. And then it was just going to like all come back at once. Like it's a process. And I understand that. And if you play this game long enough, there's going to be times where you need to make adjustments and you're going to be inconsistent. But I think I needed to go through that stuff last year to set myself up for, um, you know, a better season in 2022. Do you think a young Sean Doodle would have diverted from the process a little sooner? No, no, no. I, I, well, you know what I'm saying? If you were, let's say 20, I guess a lot. I mean, we'll get into the other story about you being a position player first, but how old were you when you started when you were, became a pitcher? In pro ball. In, in pro, pro ball. ball. In pro ball. Um, 24. So do you think a young 25-year-old, 24, 25-year-old, you had, you struggled a little bit, like you said, would you have diverted? You said, like, kind of just searched around for answers, you know, because it takes it takes a lot to say, hey, this is the right process. I'm just not getting the results I want, right? Do you, yeah. think, do you think it would have been a little bit different if you are a little younger in your career? I don't know. Everybody's different, right? Yeah. And, and I think, like, I don't know like I am still like a pretty stubborn person like and I think like I think like early in my career like even even when I was hitting like I was having success and then when I switched to pitching like I was I had success like kind of right off the bat and when you're when you're young and successful like that like I kind of thought I had it all figured out um and then I was just going to I'm going to be able to like do that every year. And, um, you know, the, the programs that I had from, from the team, from the A's, like it was working for me at the time. Um, so like, I wasn't really questioning that. That was also like, that was still a time when like old school, it was still an old school, yeah. uh, league. Like, you know, you just, you came in, you did some deadlifts, um, you did some squats, like you did some, Maybe you did some lunges. Like this is um, Sean's way of saying that. Like I never sucked when I was when I start, first started. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I, I did, mean, I to be honest, honest right? Like, like, I came in uh, and I, and I was effect, I was really effective. Like um, I made the All Star team in my second full season as a pitcher. Like um, yeah, I I mean. You know, one of the one of the guys that helped me out the most, Lil G, that comes in here, yep. Garvin Austin. His dad was the rehab pitching coordinator for the A's, and when I switched to pitching, um, he was out there in the middle of the day in Arizona in the summer. Um, you know, basically helping me like relearn how to pitch, and um, you know, like I think he helped me a ton be able to make that transition like in really smoothly in the summer of 2011. Um, but like for me like i guess my message to like younger guys would be like don't wait until you get hurt or you start to become ineffective or you see like a change in your performance to seek out help to try to like you know make yourself better like hard work's only going to take you so far like you have to work smart too you have to like be willing to have someone help you identify deficiencies whether it's in the strength aspect of it, or if it's in the movement aspect of things, like don't wait to start, you know, laying that foundation and building a routine for yourself until you're like, I was in my, I was what, 30, 34 when I came here last year. Like, um, that doesn't mean to say like, you know, it's, it's not ever too late. Like you can like come in and turn back the clock a little bit and, and, and learn some stuff, but like, don't wait. And, and you're also, in my opinion, you're also a little bit different too, where you're a 34-year-old pitcher that doesn't have the miles on them that most 34-year-old pitchers have, right? Um, yeah, you took a couple years off to pretend to be a pitcher. Yeah, yeah, you got drafted as a, as a hitter. Right? I mean, yeah, I took four years off from pitching in college to when I started <laughs> pitching in the big leagues. But, like, um, I did, you know, I, I still so have had some off. injuries. Like, like I said, like I missed – five months of the season in 2015 with uh, a tear in my rotator cuff. I missed like a month and a half in 2016 with a labrum strain. Like, um, 
you know, so there's still like some gunk in there that I got to stay on top of. And 2021 Uh, was one of your highest average fastball velocities ever had at your age. um, I mean, it ticked back up for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And like the second half of the season, like was, that was the velo where I got to was the velo where I was at, like when I was younger and, Mm -hmm. and probably better. Yeah. So like, I was, I mean, like (laughs) I was better, (laughs) I was better. Um, So, but like it, uh, it's a process like, and, and, and it's, you know, it's, it's tough to like take everything that I learned last year and, you know, just expect to flip the switch in in the best baseball league in the world. Like maybe I was a little naive, um, but we got there. Yeah. Like I got back to where I wanted to get to. Um, And there were flashes of it in July and in August and September, like I was like, I'm back. Like this is, this is the version of myself that I wanted to be coming out of this process. And, you know, now it's exciting to think about, you know, being able to, to come in here this off season and start from that place. Um, you know, what we might be able to accomplish. hundred percent. I, I was, so just off of that, I have to address this. It was like, I was like a week or two away from coming back from the DR and I just get a random text from Sean and it looked like it was clipped off of MLB TV or something. It was just the broadcast. And it, it, the, the only caption was 96 of 21 inches of birth. Out of, out of nowhere, I hadn't talked to him in a while. It's just like, it's like it's him in Seattle, like thrown in this like sixth or seventh inning or something. He's just like ninety six, twenty one inches. Yeah, what do you got on that? It was it, it was the last game of the season, and 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 like I finished like I was really proud of how I finished the season, and um, should be the, the last the last game like um like uh, we. It, the season in Seattle came down to the last series of the year. We were playing the angels at home and um, we needed some other things to happen, but we were knocking on the door of the playoffs and angels. It would have been the, it would have been the first time the Mariners made the playoffs in 20 years. And, uh, but pitching, pitching in that environment, that adrenaline rush was pretty cool. And I think it, that definitely, it it really helped. And and I I had two strikeouts that day and, and, uh, um, I was just excited. Like I, I texted you, Simon, and I texted Nate Irving. Um, Fuck me, I didn't get a text. <laughs> I texted you and said, "When can I start working out?" Yeah, he did say. That. <laughs> so, um, but you know, to to end the season, you know, really like my best outing. Yeah. You know, my best outings of the year were in September, and mm-hmm. to be able to have gotten stronger over the course of the season and finish um, with you know pitch profiles that match the best pitch profiles of my career like i was i was really stoked <laughs> like that was really cool so. yeah no that's awesome you also you threw an absolute banger of a split today which is pretty pretty exciting right. sorry i shouldn't just keep that on the dl that's new well uh, people knew like, I we already told, we already said he was talking to gosman man like that's like no. well, yeah, well, not about what it's about that. kevin splitter <laughs> <laughs> not about sean splitter <laughs> I mean, hey, kevin splitter's average too right <laughs> People know about it. I threw it last year in the games. I started yeah. throwing it. I started working it in um, a lot more when I was with Seattle in, in in the last like five or six weeks of the season. So it's not really news to anybody. And uh, I mean, they've known I've been throwing ninety percent fastballs my whole career. Um, so I'm okay. was this a Simon Matthews, another split guy, doing or how no, did this, it, how this come up? No, it, it actually came up. Through a conversation that I had with Derek Johnson, um, the Reds pitching coach, um, who, like I've already said, I, I feel incredibly lucky to have been able to to work with him. And um, I was, I, I went through a really rough patch in June um, with Cincinnati, and he and I sat down and started talking about some adjustments I was going to have to make to get out of the the the, 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 rut. the skid that I was in. Yeah, and and. He, at one point in the conversation, he just said, have you ever experimented with throwing a split? And, and I never had. And, um, I remember he was like, all right, well, you know, tomorrow, like, you know, come out like a half an hour before pitchers are going to start playing catch and 
um, I want to go through some stuff with you. And we started that process. I want to say it was like mid to end of June um, when we started working on it. And we just started working on it in catch play for a little bit. It took a little, you know, a couple of weeks before I would throw it off the mound. Um, and that's where, like, what I talked about being able to get things out of my throwing program. Like, I was able to stay strong enough over the course of the season where I could throw five or ten pitches off the mound almost every day in the bullpen to try to, like, work on some things and fine-tune some things and develop some of these other pitches that I, I are new to me. And and so um, then it took, you know, the split – was very promising in some of the bullpens that we were throwing. Then it took us a little while to figure out like when and how to use it in order to attack hitters um, and put sequences together. And so like, I really didn't start throwing it in games until I want to say like mid August, like, um, and then uh, when I got to Seattle, they were like, throw it. They were like, just throw it. Like we, we like the shape of it. Um, we think it can help you, your fastball play up a little bit more. Um, you know, they were like, we know you have been kind of like toying with it in Cincinnati, but they were like, we think it's going to help your fastball, like just throw it. So I started throwing how it do you, more. How do you hold it? I mean, the, nobody can see this. but I was, Nobody I mean, can this see is, this. This is great radio. This is great radio, but. But like. What, what are your thoughts, I guess, on the split? I'm just on either side of the railroad tracks. Yeah. Um, like a really conventional split change grip. Like, I bet if you Googled this right now, like split change grip, it's what would come up. Like, I don't, I don't jam it very far back in my fingers. Um, I don't curl my fingers like some forkball guys do. Um, and uh, I like to put my thumb in right in the center of the baseball on the bottom. Um, do you and, mess around with the th thumb placement? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've messed around with it, but I, I haven't got it to a point where... Like with Kevin, he can change his thumb placement. The ball will do different things, right? Split just... guys, if they bring their thumb up on the side of the baseball, and the closer that they get it to their index finger, yep. the more depth they can get on their change-up or split. But it also requires more hand action, um, and hand speed, and hand control. And um, I'm just not at that stage of my Jedi training yet, so... <laughs> Um, it's stuff that I've tinkered with. I've tinkered with the grip that, that Gosman showed me yesterday. Um, it, it's going to take some work. I'm not sure, but it's something that... He's, his grip is completely different than yours. His grip is different than mine. He has bigger hands than me, at least longer fingers yeah. than I do. So um, this grip is, is pretty conventional. Um, I, I try to... I do have some finger, some, some pressure with the grip um, because... Um, uh, I don't want it to slip out between my index and middle finger. Um, like I want it to, I want it to kind of pop out if that makes sense. Um, and you know, so like I'm still learning though about like, cause there, there are days where I just, I just don't have it. I just can't throw it. I can't reach it you know, to the catcher in the air. Like I'll bounce it in the grass you and I that, don't do you know what the just Do you feel that in the bullpen? Sometimes, like yeah, yeah like I'm, I'll walk and uh, I'll be trying to throw it during my warmups, you know, after the phone rings, and and I'm just like, shoot, man, like I'm not sure, and and I don't know what the adjustment is, and I think that I just need to keep throwing it and learn more about the thought process of when I'm throwing it, how I want to define it in my head, maybe what my focal point should be on those days, how to make those adjustments, you know, on the fly. Like I, I don't know that yet. Yeah. Um, but I know that when it's when I throw it right and it's on, um, it's a very effective pitch for me. And um, I'm hoping to add a couple miles an hour to it this offseason, um, you know, and, and maintain the shape because the shape was good. It was just there were some times where it was maybe 80 to 82 uh, miles an hour. And that coming off of a 94, 95 mile an hour fastball, it was it was slow enough that hitters were able to recognize it and stop right at the last second. Uh, and kind of and check their swing and hold up. Um, so if, if I can get it into the mid '80s range um, and get it to look, a, a, you know, even more like a fastball, um, I think it could be. I think it could be a really fun toy to play with. That fires me out. Throw your off speed fast. That's awesome. Is that crazy? Yes. It's. it's the, oh man, it just makes me feel so so happy. Know, Throw I, your off speed fast. I love everything hard. I love like talking shit to a high school kid. Like yeah. <laughs> Sick 88 mile fastball. That's an 
average changeup in major leagues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I think the thing is, like, in your head, like, it all depends on how you define it. And you still have to be really aggressive with your off-speed stuff. And that's something that, like, I really started to understand for the first time last year is that the best splits that I threw in games were, like, in the 83 to 85 range. Um, the best sliders that I threw uh, were probably in the same range, the, the 83 to 85. Like, I could throw a split that had a great movement profile, had good drop, like a low amount of vertical break, super low spin. But if it's 81, like they have time to, they have enough time to recognize it and stop their swing. Yeah. Same thing with the slider. Like I could start it, you know, where I wanted to against a lefty and end it up like right on the, uh, you know, the white line away, like perfect chase location. Um, but if they have time to recognize that it's not a fastball, they can, they can stop. And you want guys to swing at your off speed. Like that's like, that's the goal. That's the goal. Yeah. Like I want you to swing at it because I think you're either going to miss or you're going to hit it off the end of the bat. You're going right. to break your bat. Like, because I think you're, I think you see fastball. I think you're betting that I throw 80% fastballs and you're selling out for it. And you know, I'm going to expose you with this. Yeah. And if I throw it hard, I have more room for error with it because I'm selling it. The conviction that I'm throwing it with I'm selling it like it's a fastball and just a change of speed might be enough to mess them up, even if it doesn't have the best shape. Like, so, I mean, that's like a, a thing I, I also have to work on this off season is kind of redefining my off speed pitches in my head and how I want to throw them and you know what my thought process needs to be. Because I think if I can throw the breaking ball and the split that I had in September, if I can incorporate that over the course of a long season, like, um, you know, I can reinvent the wheel a little bit and, and, uh, you know, maybe prolong my career and, 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 uh, it's cool to think about like what that could mean. Yeah. So that's awesome. Man's dedicated, man. I love that. That's awesome. Pretty cool. You got anything else, DJ? I thought that was, I thought that was, that was the most baseball podcast that was ever. The most baseball podcast. Do you have any, like, you know, 10 years as a reliever, you got any good, like bullpen stories we can end on? Just like a quick little anecdote or anything, maybe end on a giggle. I mean, that's putting me on the spot that's right now. Season. I'm sorry. Um, we can cut this part. Shoot. Um, give me, give me a good Jerry Blevins story because that dude's awesome. Um, one of my favorite Jerry Blevins stories was in was in 2012. Yeah, tw no, 2013. Um, and, you know, the bullpens at the Coliseum are on the field. Um, they're, they're, the home bullpen is down the left field line. And uh, Jerry Jerry had been getting frustrated because he hadn't pitched in a game in like a week. Um, and uh, he was like a really important part of our bullpen, being able to match up in, you know, the, the sixth through the eighth inning. He could do a number of different things. Um, so it was like a little bit weird that like he hadn't pitched, but I also think the way that we were rolling as a team at the time, like, um, that A's team in 2013 won, I, I want to say like 94 games. Like we ran, we, we clinched the division by the middle of September, like we were rolling. And, uh, so we might've been, we might've been rolling in a way that like, we just, didn't need his help for a little bit. I forget what the situation was, but he was getting frustrated that that his number wasn't getting called, and he ended up he ended up jogging down to the dugout in the middle of a game um, and just standing next to Bob Melvin. Um, and it took Bob Melvin like a like a, a maybe like a half an inning to like understand that like Jerry was there for him and not necessarily just waiting to use the bathroom in the dugout. And and so he asked, so you know. Bob Melvin asked him, um, yeah, Jerry, like, what's up, man? Like, what's going on? And Blevins was like, nothing. <laughs> like, <laughs> absolutely nothing. And um, Jerry ended up pitching that day uh, a, a little bit later in the ball. I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and he pitched well. And, and, and Jerry was uh, a really integral part of those A's teams in, in, uh, yeah. in 2012, 2013. Um, that won the the American League West uh, division title, and he was an awesome resource for young guys like myself. And he went—I mean, he had an awesome career. He played 
13 seasons in the big leagues. Um, I saw him a bunch when, uh, when he was with the Mets and I was with the Nationals. Um, he carved out a, a really awesome role for himself in those bullpens. Um, his, his, his job was basically to match up against Bryce Harper. Um, and, I mean, to Jerry's credit, he did really good. Um, but, uh, I mean, the, I don't know. Bullpen, bullpen stories, like, it's a, it's a team within a team. Like, the first, like, maybe three to four innings, five innings, depending on how the starter's going. Um, you're kind of – you're obviously paying attention to the game. But kind of checked out. But if you're but if you're <laughs> hanging on every pitch, like you, you're not going to have any like focus left by the time it's your turn, or mm-hmm. by the time like um, you know you have to buckle down and, and get outs late in the game. So um, there's been some interesting conversations, and um, one 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 of the funnier ones in Cincinnati earlier this year um, was uh, actually during during Wade Miley's no hitter. Um, he weighed through a no hitter uh, against the Indians, um, and um, one member of our bullpen, Amir Garrett, who I absolutely love, um, uh, we were running in, we were sprinting in from the bullpen to congratulate Wade and, and meet him on the mound, and. Uh, Amir didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> um, he was asking me. We were both on a dead sprint, and maybe it was easy for him because Amir's way faster than me. Um, and he was like, "What are we doing?" And I was like, "Are you kidding me? Like we're having this conversation at a full sprint <laughs> from right the outfield, field. from the like in the outfield, like we're, we're the, the, the bullpens in in Cleveland are in like right center field, and and we're having this conversation. He's like, "What are we doing?" I was like, "Are you serious?" And he's like, did Wade – no, he's like, what happened? I said, Wade threw a no-hitter. And, like, he's running and, like, looking over his shoulder at the scoreboard. And, like, he, he, he it all came together for him. Um, he just thought, like, we were – because that game was nothing-nothing going into the top of the ninth. And I think he was – like, he thought – he ended up saying later he thought we got so excited uh, in, the, in the top of the ninth. We put three runs across the board that, you know, Wade was going to be able to throw a complete game shutout and, you know – it's all right. Like Wade had it. So like it, it, it didn't end up mattering, but um, now I've been lucky to be a part of a lot of like really good uh, bullpens as far as like the guys go, like didn't come together for us the way, in Cincinnati the way that we wanted it to, but like the guys never stopped working. The guys brought awesome attitudes to the ballpark every day. And it was, it was still like a really good bullpen to be a part of. And obviously the, the bullpen in Seattle um, that was a strength of that team. And, and that was one of the best bullpens I've ever been a part of. Um, so um, it was cool to watch those guys work. Um, and it was cool to be a part of that group. So um, now I've been, I've been really lucky. That's awesome. Thanks, Sean. Sean Thank you guys. Good, man. Thank you so much for trusting us and being on the podcast today. And you're the man. Appreciate Thanks. you. Love you guys. Love you too, brother.